You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, 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 Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. What's going on, Brain? Been a minute. It has certainly been a minute. I don't even remember. What, the draft? Was that our yeah, last I show? A, I think we did a couple of shows right after the draft. We, 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 You did the schedule release show where we did our two early predictions for what the season was going to look like. But but it was a while ago. And we had all these big plans, grand plans of things that were going to happen in the offseason. We were going to do film breakdowns. We were going to do this, that, and the other thing. And then, of course, life got in the way, as it so often does. But you know what? It's Monday night as we record this. We're live on the Dolphins Talk YouTube page. What's up, Dolphins Talk YouTube? What's up, everybody? We're live on the I Am am a Miami Dolphin Fan Facebook page. We're live on Twitter. So a special hello to everybody who is joining us live as we record the podcast tonight. Um, And it's Monday night, which means players report for training camp tomorrow. So the offseason... The doldrums, the long offseason is finally at an end, and the 2021 Miami Dolphins season is upon us. Brain, I'm fired up. I can see that. I mean, I'm I'm pretty pumped up. I don't know if I'm as pumped up as you are, but it's exciting that real football is just around the corner. There's actual training camp that's going to be starting. So we're no longer going to have to just speculate about what's going to happen on the field. We're finally going to start to learn some things. And and then before you know it, we're going to have actual games. Actual games. Real football. It's time. It's upon us. The 2021 season is here, and it's 17 weeks of regular season football this year. Very, very exciting. I'll trade in a week of preseason for an extra regular season game. Sure, why not? Sounds exciting. I'm excited about it, and we're excited about it here at the same old Dolphin Show and at DolphinsTalk.com. Today, we're going to run through a couple of things. We got a few things to talk about. We got some new signings that the Dolphins uh, made this over the past few days that we're going to chat about real quickly. We got to talk about Xavier Howard. It's a big news item. It's still there. It's the purple elephant in the room as we head into training camp. We're going to talk about the camp battles that we're looking forward to most, probably touch on the NFL COVID protocols and how they are really bringing the heat to the players and coaches in this league to try to get everybody vaccinated so that there are no problems with postponements or forfeits and cancellations. We'll get into that. And then we've got to talk about the story that just will not die, Deshaun Watson. But I think 
I think, brain, barring something crazy happen happening, we might just be able to put that story to bed finally from a Dolphins perspective today. But then again, it's 2021. The season hasn't actually started yet. And this information assault that we're we're in in the social media age, maybe it's not actually going to go away. But we're going to get into all of that today on the same old Dolphin Show. But before we do, a reminder to all of you to make sure that you are following us on Twitter. I'm at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. That's A-A-Ron the Brain. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. And we invite you to subscribe to the Same Old Dolphin Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. You should also subscribe to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. Hi, YouTube. Hi, everybody watching on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up. Give us the like button. Help spread the word and help grow the Dolphins Talk family. We got a lot of really cool stuff coming coming your way on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel as we get closer to the actual kickoff of the season. A lot of cool things coming down the road here at the Dolphins Talk family. And of course, make sure that you're heading to DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information. Brain, let's get into it. The Miami Dolphins in the past few days have signed linebacker Shaquem Griffin from your 2017 national champion UCF Knights. They also signed cornerback Cravon LeBlanc and tight end Carson Meyer. In corresponding moves, the Dolphins waived defensive end Nick Coe, long snapper Rex Unahara, and tight end Jibri Blount. Jibri, we hardly knew thee. Uh, Shaquem Griffin, of course, played in 46 games with one start over the past three seasons with the Seattle Seahawks. He totaled 11 tackles, 10 of which were solo. He had one sack and one pass defended. Uh, he also made 15 special teams tackles, seven of those in a, in a solo manner. In his career, he appeared in four postseason games, originally appearing in the or entering the NFL as a fifth-round pick by the Seattle Seahawks in the 2018 draft. Uh, LeBlanc appeared in 52 career games in 16 starts, spending the last two seasons with Chicago, part of one with Detroit, and three with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's totaled 114 career tackles, 100 of which were solos, two sacks, two interceptions, 18 passes defense. He's also forced a couple of fumbles and has one fumble recovery. He's also a South Florida native from Belle Glade, and he played his college ball at Florida Atlantic. Meyer started one game for Atlanta in 2019 after spending training camp and then spent training camp in 2020 with the Falcons. Uh, he had most of, was up and down on Atlanta's active roster in 2019. Another tight end in the stable. Brain, what do you make of these signings? For your Miami Dolphins heading into camp, I mean, look, the this is the time of year where there there's not a lot out there, so you you go and you get whoever you think might be able to help. I I don't think that any of these guys are going to be significant contributors. None of these guys might make the team. Uh, I think Shaquem Griffin has the best chance of making the team just simply because of his position and because of his athletic profile. I think. He is an upgrade athletically over Sam Aguavin and, and Vince Beagle. Um, so I think he's got a shot to make the team, especially given his experience on special teams. Cravon LeBlanc has uh, got an uphill battle because, uh, you know, and, and Meyer for that, for, for that uh, point as well. Both of those guys have uphill battles just simply because 
they go into position rooms where the Dolphins are absolutely loaded. The Dolphins are absolutely loaded in the secondary, and they have a ton of tight end depth. So I don't know how these guys make the team, but at the end of the day, you try to get the best players that you can put on your roster, even just if it's a training camp roster, because it's all about competition and getting the, at the end of the day, the best 52 or 53 or however many men are on the roster these days, you're just trying to fill out the best roster. So if you can make your team better, you out, you go out and you get these guys and it didn't cost them a lot. So we'll see what happens. I, I think Griffin probably, you know, has a shot at making the team. I don't think the other two guys are making the team. Yeah, I like Shaquem Griffin for a number of reasons. I think he's an inspiring guy, obviously a really cool story um, as to how he came into the game and and to watch him succeed in the NFL. But I think he's the guy that is going to help out. He gives you the most places where he can help out. He can help out on special teams. He can help out uh, at linebacker. He can help out in those blitz packages because he is a good blitzing guy. Uh, So I think there's going to be... I think there may just be a little niche spot in this lineup for Shaquem Griffin uh, on that 53-man roster by the time all is said and done. I think that'll be an interesting story to watch. But yes, largely, I think these are kind of just little transactions. You're trying to put together the best possible roster as you're entering training camp. You want to have the best possible competition, and these guys are going to compete. Obviously, Meyer, that's a tough room, that tight end room at the moment, and uh you know, hey, you know, if he's going to he's going to come in, he's going to compete. He's going to push Mike Kosicki. He's going to push Durham Smythe. He's going to going to push Adam Shaheen. He's going to push Hunter Long. All those guys, they're going to compete. Uh, Jibri Blunt, not going to compete. He's gone. Somebody else who may or may not compete brain is Xavier Howard. We got to talk about this because as most of us saw coming when he fired his agent at the tail end of last season and signed David Cantor, Xavier Howard reportedly unhappy with the five-year $75.25 million contract extension he signed two years ago. He's looking for a new deal after he led the league with 10 interceptions in 2020. Though he was at the time he signed the deal, he's no longer the highest paid cornerback in the league. He's not even the most, not even the highest paid cornerback on his own team because the Dolphins signed Byron Jones to a five-year, $82.5 million contract that included $10.5 million signing bonus and just over $54 million in guaranteed money. So Howard wants to rework his deal despite only being one year into it. If the Dolphins don't budge, he wants to be traded. Now, The thought was that he would probably hold out, but the Miami Herald's Barry Jackson and Armando Salguero reported today that Howard, who did not participate in the team's offseason program because he wants more money, has strongly been considering reporting for the start of training camp on Tuesday, according to an associate. Though the Dolphins have not given him a raise, he would face a $50,000 daily fine if he holds out a training camp. This source apparently says he remains unhappy about his contract situation, but also realizes that he doesn't ultimately control the situation because he has four years remaining on his five-year, $75.5 million extension. So... Howard been, has been training hard with the intention of playing this season. His agent, David Cantor, has declined to say one way or another if he will report to training camp. So, Brain, number of questions here. Will 
Howard report to camp or risk being fined $50,000 per day missed. This latest report makes it sound like he's going to show up. Will the Dolphins trade him and try to pass on that contract and that $13.5 million cap hit? Will the two sides work something out? How does this thing resolve itself? If the Dolphins trade him, what do they want in return? And what do they actually get in return? Brain, this is a... It's a sticky situation here. So what do you, what do you make of this? Well, I think the, the first question is probably the most important question, which is, is he going to show up for camp? Because if he shows up for camp, then I think the Dolphins have won the stalemate. I mean, what, what is he proving by showing up to camp other than he's going to play because he doesn't want to miss out on the paycheck. And if he's going to play because he doesn't want to miss out on the paycheck, then the Dolphins are getting exactly what they want out of this. Now, you know, he could do some things behind the scenes and he could be a disruption and that could ultimately force his way out similarly to how Minka Fitzpatrick did it a couple of years ago. But I I don't know that he, that he's going to do that. If he's going to show up to camp, uh, I think that the Dolphins are going to just say, hey, look, you're under contract. You're showing up to camp. Let's play ball. Uh, I, I don't, I think that it, it's a rough precedent for the Dolphins to make to try to renegotiate this contract. Because remember, they're trying to do everything in this whole Patriots model. And this whole Patriots model was built on, you know, not allowing the players to just take control of the situation and, you know, not paying guys when they just decide that they have outperformed their contract, especially in a situation like this, where he's only played one year out of his five-year deal and the Dolphins paid him a ton of money up front. Uh, it's not like, look, if he plays out the entirety of his contract, it's a 15 million a year annual uh, payday. Now, granted, that's not what his new money is going to be, and it's not even close to what his new money is. But that's because he was paid so much up front. So now that he's been paid, all of a sudden he needs to renegotiate this contract a year in. Look, I'm in agreement that Xavier Howard deserves to be one of, if not the most highly paid corners in the NFL because this past year, he was the best corner in the NFL. And I think you can certainly make the case that, uh, he is without question a top five corner in the National Football League. But he signed that contract. He's under contract with the team. The Dolphins don't need to renegotiate. I, do I, would I love for the Dolphins to figure out a way to make this work, to keep Xavier Howard happy? make him paid and keep him around long term? Yes. But I also realized the second we signed him to that deal, we knew that there was a strong possibility that the Dolphins were going to be shopping him a couple of years into that deal. When they drafted Noah Igbenogany last year, when they went out and signed Byron Jones last year, there were already rumors swirling. Then he's had this off the field stuff. Uh, granted, nothing has really surfaced there and he has he's kind of been on the periphery of trouble but he's hasn't really been in trouble but those things have been there and they've been noteworthy that you know this Xavier Howard might not be this model guy 
in the clubhouse and certainly not this guy that the Dolphins just want to, you know, bend over backwards to, to placate. So, uh, you, you, they, they also went out and they, they signed Justin Coleman. They went out and they got Crivon LeBlanc. Look, I don't think Crivon LeBlanc is any kind of answer or solution for losing Xavier Howard, but all of these moves, they're not coincidences. The Dolphins have been knowing that this situation was going to arise and they're, they're just stacking the deck saying, look, in the event that Xavier Howard isn't happy and he doesn't show up to camp and we have to do the inevitable and trade him, we're going to have as many bodies there and as much competition as possible to build our secondary and be a good team going forward and be a good secondary going forward. Uh, there's still a lot of question marks there, particularly if Xavier Howard uh, doesn't end up reporting to camp or he doesn't end up on the roster. As for uh, whether or not they find a solution, I, like I said, I think I think if he shows up to camp, I think all is good. I think they can fit whatever issues there are between him and ownership and the and GM as far as figuring out the contract. If he shows up and he's playing ball, then those issues can be figured out. Uh, if he doesn't show up, he's going to cost himself a lot of money. Things are going to get uglier and uglier. And eventually, I think the Dolphins are going to have to trade him. Uh, but I don't know. The Dolphins have all the leverage in the, in the scenario. Uh, as for what they get in a trade, I, I think, again, the Dolphins having all the leverage here, uh, I think it, it begins at a first round pick. Yeah, well, there's no pressure to move him, right? There's no pressure to move him because the Dolphins can afford to say, especially if he reports to camp, the Dolphins aren't the Dolphins are not in a situation where they need to move him. You know, if he reports, he shows up, then the Dolphins can ask for what they want. And if they don't get an offer that they like, fine. The way that I look at it is if this guy comes into camp and he's upset that the Dolphins that he's not getting the money that he feels that he deserves to be making. Okay, more power to you. But you know what? If I'm the Dolphins, I want, there is nothing I want more than Xavier Howard out on the field playing with a chip on his shoulder. Because if he's just played, because if he goes out and has another great season, if he can put two seasons a row, and that is something, by the way, he has never done. Xavier Howard has not put back-to-back great seasons together for this team. If he can go out there and do it for a second year, and have a great season, you can bet that the Dolphins will be renegotiating that deal and paying him some more next year when the cap is going up to bigger numbers, right? So, listen, I think I think there's a very good chance, especially based on this reporting, it, it sounds like Howard realizes that he doesn't have control over the situation, so he's got to show up and he's got to play ball. And the sooner he comes to that realization, the better for everybody. And... I see somebody has just asked here, uh, Cap for Life has asked, what's our contingency plan? You never, you never thought X wanted out. He's, that's, that's true. Listen, what's the contingency plan? We're going to talk about that contingency plan in just a moment. But first, listen, it's summertime. The Olympics, the Euros, baseball, major championships, and concerts are all in this summer. You know what isn't in? A wild and hairy bush. 
tame your pubes with help from our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Their fourth-generation performance package includes the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0. That's right. If an athlete treats their body like royalty, why not treat your pubes like Olympic gold? Fellas, do right by your balls and join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code Dolphins Talk. That's right. That is the code Dolphins Talk. So make sure that you check that out. Additionally, it's very important that the, that listen, it's the summertime. It's hot, right? You know. You'll notice that I, I used to be bearded. Brain, remember? I had, a, I had a big beard and I don't have a beard anymore because it's summertime. And, you know, the thing is you got to you got to do the same thing for uh, your boys down there. Listen, the world is starting to open and the performance package 4.0 for Manscaped is here to help you get ready. Inside, you're going to find the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, plus two free gifts. Performance boxer briefs, which are super comfortable, by the way, and the shed travel bag. I mean, you want to talk about a world-class dismount into a post-quarantine world? This package is the perfect package for your package and peak performance in whatever sport you desire. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DOLPHINSTALK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code DOLPHINSTALK at manscaped.com. Achieve pubic glory this year with Manscaped. Pubic glory pubic glory you know you know what i mean manscaped folks they know they know anyway brain let's talk about camp right because this Xavier Howard drama leads us sort of naturally into training camp and what lies ahead for the Dolphins in a number of places. Obviously, key area of interest is what the Dolphins secondary looks like if we end up moving on from Xavier Howard. So let's start there. What do the Dolphins do in the secondary if Howard is not part of it? Obviously, the Dolphins' defense doing everything we want it to this year, I think, is contingent upon the idea that Xavier Howard is not only still on this team, but playing at the same level that he played at last year. But if he should move on, where where do the Dolphins go internally with what they have available to them in the secondary? Well, uh, like I said, they've they've brought in a lot of pieces. They brought in McCourty. Uh, you're obviously, look, you drafted Noah Igbenogany uh, in the first round last year. Nick Needham is still here. Uh, between those guys, between Justin Coleman, uh, I, I think you've got pieces there that can fill in, but look, they're not going to replace Xavier Howard. Like he was the defensive player of the year. Uh, it, you're not going to replace that guy. Uh, and it's going to take everybody stepping up. Now I'll say this, the Dolphins have also hopefully improve their pass rush this year. Uh, they've brought in some pieces on whether, whether it's the defensive line and Adam Butler, whether it's the drafting of Jalen Phillips, whether bringing in, uh, you know, a, a Brennan Scarlett or, or even a Shaquem Griffin could potentially, 
uh, give them more pass rushing prowess. Andrew Van Ginkle really came on strong last year. So you may have the continued development and, and outbreak of him as an impact player on this defense. And so if you get more pass rush, on the opposing quarterbacks, then that's going to make your job a lot easier on the back end and put a lot less onus on the secondary. But that said, there's not a world where this defense is as good or even as close to as good as it would be with Xavier Howard there. Uh, so if they lose Xavier Howard, it's going to be a major hit. And, and I'm not saying that as somebody that is saying, well, you have to do whatever you take or whatever it takes to to make him happy and make sure that he's he's here long term because I don't think you can mortgage your franchise to keep one player happy and I think if you can get a really great trade deal where you're getting multiple first round picks or a first round pick, a second round pick, a third round pick and a player like you make that deal. And, and if that means that the Dolphins have to take a step back defensively, well, so be it. Because I'm not one of these people that is believing that this season is all of a sudden the Dolphins make or break year that we absolutely have to be contending for a Super Bowl. And I don't think that Chris Greer and Brian Flores are on that page either. Do they want to compete? Do they want to make the playoffs? Do we hope that the Dolphins take this huge next step and are all of a sudden a Super Bowl contending team? Yes. But if they're not, I don't think anybody should be shocked. And I don't think that we should be mortgaging the future to ensure that that's the case, because I don't even think making Xavier Howard necessarily, you know, making Xavier Howard happy and making him the highest paid corner in the league necessarily guarantees us anything. I don't even think it guarantees us the playoffs, which that's something we can talk about more as we get closer to the season and we talk about our season projections and, and our expectations for what this Dolphins team is going to be. But I certainly don't think that we need to be all in and win now mode to the point where uh, we're just giving Xavier Howard whatever he wants because it makes us better this year. I think that's that would be very same old Dolphins. It would, in fact, be very same old Dolphins if they were. Uh, yeah, if that were to happen. What other position battles are, are, are places where you're really interested this heading into camp here? I obviously for me, the biggest one is the offensive line, I think. I'm really curious to see what the solution is there and to see if these guys, you know, the big question is Austin Jackson, right? That's That was the big high pick that the Dolphins made. And can he take the big step forward this year? And can Robert Hunt take a big step forward this year? And if those two guys can do that, I think that's going to help the Dolphins solve a lot of other problems that the offense may have had last year. I wish that the only question on the offensive line was Austin Jackson. If, if that was the case, I'd be very excited and I'd feel very confident. But that's not the only question mark because there are still question marks all over this offensive line. And we can talk about guard. I do believe that Austin Jackson is probably the biggest question mark. And the fact that he plays left tackle makes it that much more of a question mark or that much more significant a question mark than, for example, the question mark that we have at center, which is probably the second biggest question mark on the roster because the Dolphins didn't really address it in the draft. 
and they swung and missed on on David Andrews and instead had to go backup plan with Matt Skura. And now we're talking about a three-way battle between Matt Skura, Michael Dieter, and Cameron Tom, an undrafted free agent that uh, you know from a couple of years ago that we just brought in. Um, might one of those guys turn out to be a really good uh, option at center? Yeah, potentially. Um, but I, I, I think the key thing on this offensive line, which I think is the you know probably the most intriguing question coming into uh, at least on the offensive side of the ball as far as camp battles. Uh, I, I think there's, there's bodies there. Uh, you know, whereas there's, there's question marks there, but there's not as many question marks as there were last year. And there's certainly not as many question marks as there were the year prior to last year. So we're moving in the right direction. I hope that we've got this thing figured out coming out of this year. I don't know that we're going to have it a hundred percent figured out, but if Austin Jackson can lock down the left tackle spot, that's going to go a long way. Robert Hunt, I feel good about. The question with Robert Hunt is whether or not he's going to play right tackle or whether he's going to play right guard. And I think a lot of that really has to do with his competition because they drafted Liam, Ike- Liam Eikenberg. Did they draft him to play guard? Did they draft him to play tackle? If we traded up to get this guy and he's going to just play guard and he's not going to be a Pro Bowl guard, then you thought I was pissed if you if you tuned into our live draft show when we traded up to get Liam Eikenberg? Well, I'm going to be a whole new level of pissed if Liam Eikenberg is just some mediocre guard who can't beat out uh, Robert Hunt at right tackle and allow Robert Hunt to play right guard, where I think everybody is in agreement would be his highest ceiling position where he has Pro Bowl level, level potential. Because ideally, that would be... That would be the uh, the way this thing pans out, is that Liam Eikenberg takes that right tackle spot. Robert Hunt is playing at, at a Pro Bowl level at right guard. You figure out whatever, who best man wins at center. Left guard, you hope Solomon Kinley builds off of a solid uh, you know, first year. And then Austin Jackson uh, really comes into his own at left tackle. But that's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of question marks here. But the, the good thing is, You do have DJ Fluker. You do have guys that you drafted. Uh, There are bodies there that you feel like, even if it doesn't work out exactly the way that you hope it planned out, or you hope it pans out, it won't be a disaster like it was a couple of years ago. And I think that's where we're at right now. We're still very much in wait-and-see mode with the offensive line. I think it's the biggest question mark on on the offensive side. Well, I guess save for Tua because that's going to ultimately be the headline. But really, I, you know, it, it probably really is the biggest question mark because I think Tua is going to be solid. I don't know if he's going to be elite year two, but I think Tua is going to make a jump. Uh, but I, the offensive line, I really don't know. Wouldn't you say, though, that given all the Dolphins have invested in the offensive line, that they they kind of need it? to be more than just an okay offensive line given the investment that they the draft capital that they've spent on that line they need these guys to be the answer it's like brian flores said the guys that we drafted last year the guys we drafted this year this is going to be the core group of guys that are going to be the guys that you know whether we go or we don't go 
these are going to be the guys on whose shoulder that rides. And now, obviously, he's not only talking about the offensive line when he says that, but given as much as they have they have invested on that offensive line. I think if that offensive line is just an okay offensive line, that that's kind of a big disappointment based on all that they've invested. Well, so are you saying that if this Dolphins offensive line isn't good this year, then you should question the guy who uh, built the roster? I'm just saying that, you know, that is a little bit of a concern. If these offensive line prospects don't pan out. Now, will the rest of the the, the the people pan out? Will Tua pan out? That's that is a question. Oh, Xavier Howard's agent just tweeted it's go time is breaking news here on the uh on the same old dolphin show. Let's see if we can find that tweet here. That's uh that's interesting. That is interesting. Interesting tweet. But let's find out, you know. Listen, there's a lot of other places where there's a lot of focus. Obviously, a big question heading into camp and heading into the season is Tua. Quarterback is not a battle. This is Tua's job, right? Jacoby Brissett is there as a backstop in the event that something terrible happens to Tua. Jacoby Brissett can go in. This is Tua's time to shine. He's either gonna he's either gonna shine or it's gonna be bad news. You know. Salguero had another column the other day, and I I'm, I'm realize I'm quoting Salguero a lot tonight, which is not typically something that I do, but here we are. Um, and, you know, he was saying that that's what Tua needs to either be great this upcoming season or bad this season. The worst case scenario is if Tua has a kind of mediocre average season and then you find yourself back in Ryan Tannehill territory. But Quarterback is what quarterback is this season. We're going to have a lot of time to talk about Tua and to speculate. We got to talk about wide receiver because there are a lot of guys in that wide receiver room. A lot of guys at wide receiver, a lot of guys at tight end. And in wide receiver, I mean, you got Will Fuller, you got Albert Wilson, you've got Devontae Parker, you've got Preston Williams, and you've got a rookie by the name of Jalen Waddle. Waddle, Waddle. And I think that he is going to add a lot to this team. There are weapons surrounding Tua this year. The question is, Brain, of all of these wide receivers, who are the guys that you think are not going to make the cut? Well, I think Albert Wilson, you know, could potentially be a cap casualty, especially, uh, you know, in if if the Dolphins end up having to find money to pay Xavier Howard, that money's got to come from somewhere. And... I think Albert Wilson makes a lot of sense there. Uh, but I, I think, you know, I, I think the guys that you know are going to be there are going to be Devontae Parker, uh, Will Fuller, obviously, Jalen Waddle. Waddle, Waddle. I think, uh, let's face, uh, <laughs> I forgot the guys that are on the, on the roster all of a sudden. Um, they've got so many wide receivers. Uh, but, yeah, but Lane I think Bowden, I, you got Malcolm yeah. Perry. Well, yeah, I think Malcolm Perry has a lot of proving to do to try to make this roster. I think he's going to end up on the practice squad. Uh, is Alan Hearns still uh, projected to make this roster? As, Alan as, Hearns is a guy that is around. I don't know that it, there's any way he makes the <laughs> he ends up making the roster. But well, they he's also there. brought back and they brought back Isaiah Ford, and I think Isaiah yep. Ford uh, could play a role because. He was a guy that, when needed, uh, 
he he actually was pretty reliable. He doesn't have any kind of high ceiling, so he's not like going to be some guy that uh, you know is a game breaker. But I think he's a, a valuable guy to have on the roster if you're trying to have cheap help. Preston Williams is the other guy uh, that I believe. Uh, there's room for on this roster, and I believe he makes the roster. Um, but if Albert Wilson ends up being a cap casualty, then Preston Williams is your number four receiver. And then, you know, you've got this battle between whether it's Malcolm Perry, Isaiah Ford. Uh, do you go the special teams route? Uh, do, you, do you bring in, I, I think, Mac Hollins uh, might eventually make the, might just make the team because he's so elite and valuable as a special teams gunner. Um, so, you know, maybe we're looking at seven wide receivers. Uh, and then if Albert Wilson makes the roster, then really what we're talking about is a, a, a battle between Malcolm Perry, Isaiah Ford, and Alan Hearns for that sixth wide receiver spot uh, with Mac Hollins being the seventh wide receiver who's basically just used on special teams. So you are you're saying that Jakeem Grant is finally gone? Oh, he's out gone. Of our lives? Yeah, he's gone. He's yeah. out of our lives forever. Ja- Jakeem Jakeem is gone. Um, I didn't even bother. I, I, it's such a foregone conclusion that they're not going to pay him. Um, they look. They brought in uh, Robert Foster. <laughs> uh, it's it's look. They also it's have Jalen Waddle. I think. I think Excuse Jaylen me. They Waddle, have who? They have who? Waddle Waddle. Waddle Waddle. I think Jalen Waddle is going to return kicks for them. So I don't think you're going to miss. I don't think you're going to miss Jakeem Grant in that regard. And I mean, where else would you miss him? You're not going to miss him dropping 50 yard bombs. Oh. Um, oh. and then you, you brought in a Robert Foster to be kind of a backup plan. You've got Noah Igbenogany who's got, uh, experience returning kicks. I just don't think there's, uh, any reason to pay Jakeem Grant. I don't think he's making the roster. Yeah, I, I I don't think so either. I think our, our long national nightmare is over. Jakeem Grant, he'll go somewhere else. He'll 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 land on his feet. He'll he'll get a job somewhere. But I think it's his time in Miami is done, particularly on special teams. And it's well, I mean, then again, the Dolphins have a lot of other options in special teams as well. Be cur- maybe we'll see Igbenogany returning kicks. Jalen Waddle is a guy that has the excuse me, Jalen Waddle. Waddle, Waddle. Also has that capability. Um, we'll see if that is something that happens. But I think Jakeem Grant, not long for the Miami Dolphins roster, I don't think, this year. Listen, we could spend a lot of time talking about um, talking about this roster. And we are going to as we go through training camp. But I don't want to spend a lot of time on it tonight because we still got a couple of other things to talk about. So, Brain, we're going to shift our conversation now over to the uh, to the NFL's COVID protocols, which is not something that necessarily impacts the Dolphins directly, but I think it's interesting and I think it's worth talking about as well. By the way, for all the folks that are listening to uh, that are watching us live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, we encourage you to drop us a comment, drop any questions that you might have, and uh, if we've got some time at the end, we'll take a couple of those as well. So just pop them in the box there. But the NFL COVID protocols, the NFL basically brain is strongly recommending. And I I emphasize strongly recommending that all of its players and coaches be vaccinated against COVID-19. They've set a number of clear rules to incentivize this idea, including 
allowing vaccinated players to meet in person, doing team activities in person and avoiding daily testing, while those who are unvaccinated must wear masks and are not allowed to participate in anything other than official team business while on the road. And now the league is stating in no uncertain terms that vac- that unvaccinated players may actually be held responsible for canceled games. This could re- could result in forfeits and lost game checks, Brain. While it never happened in 2020, they were able to avoid it, a forfeit will be called in 2021. Forfeits, teams giving up games, if all of the following circumstances occur, and I stress all. So first off, a game has to be postponed by requirement of government authorities or medical experts or at the discretion of the league commissioner because of ongoing health concerns of an outbreak. If the league can't find a suitable date to reschedule within the 18-week framework of the regular season and the original postponement was caused by an outbreak among unvaccinated players of one team. I know this is going to be controversial for some people, but we'll continue here. According to a memo sent to players, coaches, and staff, whether to reschedule a postponed game will be dependent on health and safety reasons at the recommendation of medical experts as well as considerations of stadium availability, schedule integrity, fan convenience, and other appropriate matters. I think it's funny that they're saying schedule integrity after some of the things that they pulled last season, but I digress. If an outbreak among vaccinated players causes the postponement of the game. The memo states that the league will attempt to minimize the competitive and economic burden on both participating teams. So this is the thing that I think is really interesting, Brent, is that the league is basically saying here that if if the, if a team has a bunch of unvaccinated players that has an outbreak and as a result, they end up canceling a game, that team could end up forfeiting the game. And the thing that it goes beyond that is that they if the so the team gets handed a loss which could eventually help them in terms of draft positioning the league is going to factor in games that are forfeited and take that take those losses out of the overall conversation so that that team doesn't get the benefit of that extra loss to help them with draft position so how does this result how does this affect the dolphins right because this is a dolphin show and basically The Dolphins' vaccination rate among players and coaches is currently close to 90%, among the highest in the National Football League. So it's unlikely that the Dolphins are going to be facing a situation where they are forced to uh, forfeit a game. But basically what the NFL is saying is they are making it a competitive advantage for your team if all of your players are vaccinated versus if you've got players who are not vaccinated. So without delving into the myriad opinions that people have regarding vaccines, because, you know, we're we're trying to be fair, trying to respect everybody's opinion and keeping strictly football based as much as we possibly can here. How would you... Do we think this new memo is going to make a big difference in the league among some of these players who are more skeptical and and some players who are, you know, outspokenly so? Well, I think if you're outspokenly so, then I don't think that you're going to just bow down to this pressure and and say, ah, screw it, I'm going to get vaccinated. Uh, But I think there's a lot of people that are probably on the fence and this will pressure them to get vaccinated because if they end up uh, losing game checks over it, uh, plus there's the pressure of, look, it's your team. 
It's not just you, it's your team. And, and that's the whole culture of the NFL and, and what all of these teams are trying to build that it's not about you. It's about you and your 53 brothers. Uh, so if what you do negatively impacts the people around you, then you're going to have a negative impact on this team and that's going to be selfish and that's going to be seen as a distraction. And then p- teams are going to weigh that the same way that they weigh it when a player is a distraction. It's going to be this sliding scale of, okay, this guy doesn't want to get vaccinated. How much do we need this player on our team? If Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to get vaccinated, there's nothing that the Green Bay Packers can do to force Aaron Rodgers to get vaccinated. Maybe not the best example considering his whole situation out there, but you get what I'm saying. Well, Uh, I mean, we're already seeing it with coaches. Several teams have already had, you know, parted ways with coaches, at least for this season, because of it. Minnesota uh, parted ways with a coach, and I believe the Patriots did the same. Right, and and like uh, you know, our friend Dolphins End Zone says here, they're not going to come out and force players. Yeah, that's the whole point. They're not going to come out and force players, but they're going to come up with all of these rules to pressure without forcing. They're still saying, look, it's your choice, but these are going to be the consequences. And the NFL is absolutely within their rights to do that, and uh, look, I think they've got a responsibility both to the players in their league, uh, the coaches in their league that are going to be in that locker room every day with these guys. And I think they also have a social responsibility that uh, this, this pandemic is not going anywhere. And the reason, the biggest reason why it's not going to go anywhere, and this is probably going to piss off some people that don't agree with this, but the biggest reason why this pandemic is not going anywhere is because not everybody is getting vaccinated. Uh, so if, if everybody was vaccinated, uh, then, you know, it would certainly minimize the risk and minimize the impact that this, that COVID would, would have. And the, the NFL is a huge organization that gets millions and millions of viewers every single week. Uh, so like it or not, they do have a social responsibility to at least do what they can to get these players to fall in line and get vaccinated. Are they going to force them to do it? No, but they can lean very heavily on them to do so. Well, and, and look at it this way, the, what the NFL ultimately cares about is not ultimately the NFL. Does it really care whether it's players as individuals are vaccinated? No, they don't care. They don't care. What the NFL cares about is that its games happen on time and that when they have a primetime matchup set for Sunday night and they've got all the eyes watching it, that that game happens as scheduled. That's what they care about. That's what they want to happen. And that's why they're telling players that if a game ends, a game doesn't happen because of a forfeit, that everybody loses their game check. That's why they're setting that rule. They don't think the NFL could care less whether it's players are, are, are fully vaccinated. They don't care. What they care about is whether the games happen. And if if coming up with ways to put pressure on the players to get vaccinated to make sure that their games happen is what they need to do, so be it. But to bring it back to the Dolphins, because that's what this is ultimately all about here, the Dolphins are at the highest level of vaccination among the teams in the league. So it seems unlikely that the Dolphins are going to be in a situation where they are being forced to forfeit 
a game. And that ultimately is a good thing for the Dolphins, no matter which way you slice it or which way you fall on the debate of whether or not people should be vaccinated. As you mentioned, Bryn, you mentioned that if a player is a distraction or a liability for one way, for one reason or another, they probably won't want to have that a, a connection with that player on their team, right? That's what you said. Dep- depends how good they are. It's a sliding scale. So let's talk about a player that may or may not be a distraction. And as we mentioned at the top, this is somebody who just, no matter how much, no matter how hard we try, this is a conversation that will not go away. It got really quiet for a while, but it's back. And that is, of course, the conversation surrounding Houston Texans quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Disgruntled Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson reported to training camp on Monday to avoid that $50,000 daily fine, but all signs continue to point to him wanting a trade. And of course, the story is back now because most people assumed Watson's off-field issues would sideline him either by his own uh doing or by the NFL's choosing, but it seems that that is not the case. The NFL is not putting him on the commissioner's exempt list. They're letting him play. He's reporting so that he uh, doesn't get that fine. But And the Houston Texans are reportedly finally outwardly saying that they are open to trading Watson. In fact, ESPN's Chris Mortensen reported today on Monday that the Texans want some combination of five high draft picks and starting caliber players. Now, I think there's no chance, no chance the Texans get that. It just seems, especially because of his off-the-field issues, they're still there. It's still not resolved. And no matter how much, you know, Watson wants to put everything out in the open, there's it's still there. It is still a huge question mark that is there and is going to probably scare most teams off of making some kind of move for Deshaun Watson. But there are teams that are positioned to do that if they wanted to. And whether we like it or not, whether you like it or not, the Dolphins are maybe one of those teams that might consider it. So, so Brain, let's put this, let's either keep this going or put it to bed right now. Could or should the Dolphins put together a package, including Xavier Howard, perhaps, to trade to the Texans in exchange for Deshaun Watson? Folks watching and listening live, what are your thoughts on this? Should the Dolphins make the trade? Should they put something together for Deshaun Watson? What should they trade? What would you trade? Brain, what are your thoughts here? No, it's just, it, it's just a no at this point because you've already bought so much into what you're, what you're building right now and you're, you've gone full bore on, on Tua is your guy. And there's all these question marks about whether or not Deshaun Watson is going to face legal action, whether he's even going to be able to play this year. So you're, there's, and, and, and like you asked me, what would I trade for him? I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll trade like a fifth round pick, but the problem isn't the pick. The problem is you still have to pay him. So, uh, like I wouldn't trade Xavier Howard for him. Uh, you know, that would still, you'd still need to come up with a way to, to make the salary work. You'd still need to dump extra salary to make that work. Uh, there's just no, there's no world in which this makes sense for the Dolphins this season 
given the way things were constructed. Now, before this whole thing broke with all of these allegations and, and all these rumors swirling around uh, Deshaun Watson, look, I, I was I was pretty much for it. Like, come up with a package that makes it work. You got a top five quarterback that's just really in the prime of his career, really just at just entering the prime of his career. Okay, great. But but now with all of this, with all of that uncertainty, the whole point, the whole reason that you would make this trade is to finally put the question marks to bed at the quarterback position. But if you make this trade, you now have a whole new set of question marks because you don't even know if this guy can play. So it's just until, until all of that goes to bed, uh, and you know for certain that he can play football, and you know what the contract status is going to be, and you know what the legal ramifications are, there's just no reason to make this deal uh, if you're Miami because you have other op- you have another option in Tua. And you haven't really explored the option because he's only played, you know, nine games, if that, uh, because he also, uh, you know, missed a game. So I think he really only played eight games. Uh, but... Yeah, there's just no way to make the trade. Now, that said, if Tua goes out and sucks this year and you're in a position next year where you, you're completely sold that Tua is not the answer and this Deshaun Watson, after a year of legal trouble and whatever happens, happens, all of a sudden he's either cleared or he's suspended and he faces his punishment and now he's back in the league and he's ready and whether he's cut or you have to trade for him then, okay, that's a discussion we can have then. But right now, there's just no way to trade for him if you're Miami. Now, if you're another team like, say, Philadelphia, uh, that really doesn't have a quarterback because you're not really when, – when you drafted Jalen Hurts, you really weren't planning on Jalen Hurts being you know, your franchise quarterback. And so maybe if you're Philadelphia, you think, you know, we've got nothing to lose. Let's just go for it. Um, you know, maybe for them, it kind of makes sense, uh, for a team like Carolina or Detroit or somebody like them, maybe it makes sense for Miami right now. It just doesn't make sense, especially with what they're asking for. And I, I think they're cra- I don't think anybody's giving them close to that, but if you get a couple of teams that are interested, you know, you might be able to get a couple of first round picks because, you know, talent is talent at the quarterback position. So, uh, look, Houston is well within their right to ask for what they want. And at the end of the day, he's under contract and, uh, they, they don't need to trade him. Uh, so, you know, they have all the leverage in that situation. So kudos to them for asking for the moon. Uh, but the Dolphins don't need to play ball. They don't even need to, to entertain that. 100% on board. There's just too much to lose. But when you make that trade, you make that deal and then you get this quarterback in and then you can't even play him. No. Not worth it. Not worth it. So I'm I'm putting listen, brain, I'm putting a fork in it. Okay? For the same old dolphin show. Unless a move actually happens or there because there's suddenly incredible amounts of smoke or something significant changes regarding the legal situation of Deshaun Watson. I am putting a fork in it and putting declaring a moratorium. On the same old Dolphin show regarding Deshaun Watson. Okay? That's it. We're done talking about it. How do you feel about that? Are you okay? 
I'm good with it. I mean, good. Let's talk about it next year if we have if we still have a quarterback issue. Good. Otherwise, yeah. well, there's no reason. Yeah, I think that's it. We're now at that place where we are ready. The Dolphins have their options set up, and and everything they've done this offseason suggests that they are sticking with the plan that Tua is going to be their guy going into this season, so that's where we're going. We're headed into 2021 with Tua Tungavailoa as the starting quarterback for your Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins have given him everything he needs within their power to, to have the season to be the player that they want him to be. Now, as we've mentioned, the offensive line is going to be a big part of that. Now we've got these weapons surrounding him. So if the offensive line does what they're supposed to do, the receivers do what they're supposed to do. Obviously, the running back situation is, you know, for some still a little bit weak. And I understand that argument, but it's still there. And I think it's going to be perfectly fine as far as efficiency goes for this team. The situation is as good as, you know, basically as good as it can get for Tua to take those steps forward that he needs to take to prove to this organization, prove to the fans that he is the guy this season. So now we're going to head into training camp and we're going to find out how it all plays out. I, for one brain, am very, very excited about it. Real football is back and we are back on the same old Dolphin show. We're going to start keeping a regular schedule, start getting together and talking a little Dolphins football on a regular basis here at DolphinsTalk.com. Brain, anything else? Anything else you want to share with the people before we get out of here for this episode? Well, I know some people have questions about about running back, so I, I think we'll we'll cover that, you know, in the coming weeks. Uh, I... I think there's certainly question marks there. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but I think just in the way that the, in the scheme of things, as far as importance of the position and the production that the Dolphins actually managed to get out of that position right now, I think there are other, you know, I think that's why offensive line, I think is more pressing. Uh, and obviously quarterback is just always going to be the pressing thing until we finally have a definitive answer one way or another. But we'll get into the running back thing because you can do an extra, you could do a whole, you really do a whole show on just the Dolphins running back situation, but certainly you can fill a 20 minute segment with it. So, uh, I don't want to just shoehorn that into the end of this episode. It just, that'll be something that we talk about on our next show. 100%. We got a lot of time in this preseason here as it plays out to talk about uh, to talk about running back. And as we see here, we, we, we've we got Jalen Phillips. We've got defense to talk about as well. We're going to do that as we go through this training camp. We're going to talk about the different aspects of this team that we're excited about and seeing how these players perform, not only in training camp, but in some of these preseason games. It's only three preseason games this year so that's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on uh as we as we head into the season hey three preseason games better than zero preseason games so I'm, I'm pretty fired up about that as well and the best part is that dick stockton's not going to be doing the play-by-play on those preseason games anymore can i get an amen Wait, all who, right did, everybody. They, did they announce the who, who the booth is for these play- they did they uh well uh jason taylor's going to be on the broadcast and then uh I, they did announce the other announcer i didn't recognize him. i think he's a South Florida guy. He's going to be doing the, the the preseason telecast. And I think it's only two of the games that are going to be on regular local South Florida broadcast because one of the games, the Cincinnati preseason game, is there. Here it is. Goldie! Talk Mike. Steve yeah. Goldstein going to be the Amazing. play-by-play guy. There you go. And uh, so there it is. But 
that's only for two of the games. The other game is nationally televised by CBS, so that'll be exciting. Nationally televised preseason game, Tua versus Joe Burrow in the preseason. It's exciting. The preseason is is near. The doldrums of summer are over, baby. It is time to get ready for some real football. Brain, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter. It's right here, right there. I can't put my finger on it. There it is. At Aaron the Brain. And of course, you can find me on Twitter, also right there on the screen at Amplified to Rock. So follow me there. You can follow the show, of course, as always, is at same old Dolphins. And we invite you to head over to DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information. So many great podcasts coming your way. A couple of surprises still to come as well. So make sure to be following Dolphins Talk all, all preseason long, all training camp long. It's time, baby. We're back. So, uh, Everybody, thank you so much for joining us live. We we appreciate it. We appreciate the support. We appreciate you leaving us ratings and reviews on all the different platforms. It helps people find the show. And if you've made it this far into the show, we appreciate you just that little bit extra. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back again next week as training camp has developed and we've got a bit more news from all of the other players. As, as David Cantor said on Twitter... It's go time. So for Aaron the Brain, this is Josh the Sample Fighter Rock. Take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins!